You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, an empowering space for all parents from conception to childhood. In this podcast, you'll explore your birth options, hear from experts in the field, learn to embrace self-indulgence, and prepare yourself for parenthood with Haiti. She's a coffee connoisseur, lover of deep belly laughs, a big-time tailgater, and your neighborhood birth junkie. From Mississippi to Massachusetts and everywhere in between, here's your host, Hee. Hello, 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 villagers. Happy Friday. Oh my goodness, we made it to the end of another week. I am so grateful that you showed up today to hang out with me, to hear what I have to say, to listen to my thoughts, to think with me, and think what we can do about all the stuff that we chat about. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I know that your time is precious. So is mine. I know that you're very busy. So am I. I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. It does not go unnoticed, so thank you. I have had a phenomenal week. I have had some really huge wins. There are some really huge wins that are coming down the pipeline to me. One of the wins that I had this week was I was featured in a Romper article, so you can check that out. I'll link it in the show notes. It was really cool for me to see my name, um, quote-unquote, in lights, if you will. It's on the internet, but super cool. So I appreciate everyone who has celebrated that with me. I've gotten phenomenal feedback and also so many people just saying the sweetest things. Thank you so, so, so much. You're listening to the Tranquility Tribe podcast, episode number 60, another episode of Friday Free Talk. I love these Friday Free Talks. It's my way of being able to get on here and just kind of unload on you guys. I pick a topic and I tell you everything that comes to mind in that particular sitting. Obviously, I'm going to miss some things. I try and be as comprehensive as possible. I try to remember all the things. I jot down notes as I go. I also start with a few notes, but it's inevitable. I won't get to everything. Um, It's also true that I don't know everything, so please don't use these episodes as a hard and steady rule maker. Don't use this as like your baby Bible or anything. This is just me telling you about my education and my experiences and what I've seen out there. So yeah, take it with what you will. I'm super excited to dive into today's topic. I'm talking about the golden hour. And this is the period right after your baby is born, those first 60 minutes. Now I do want to start off and take a moment to recognize that this is not possible for everyone. There are circumstances for sure um, that the first 60 minutes of, you know, after your baby is born will be disrupted and that is okay. It's not to say that your child is at a disadvantage or that you did something wrong. It should not be something that you feel guilty about at all in any way. But if you have the opportunity to control this environment and it is, you know, this slow and gentle time, you might as well. And that's what this episode is about. So let's dive right in. Respecting the golden hour. 
that first hour immediately following your child's birth can be a crucial time to help set your child off to the best possible start if this is possible in your birth. So you can request by your medical staff, and a lot of hospitals in the Boston area will do this. In other regions of the country and even the world, sometimes you don't find that that is the case. But you can have conversations with your healthcare provider about what you want that first hour to look like if it's possible. Some cultures even honor this extended golden hour to be days, weeks, or even months, and it's called lying in. I'll go into that a little later. So this postpartum period should be a time of rest and recuperation and relaxation, and people should be helping these parents who have just had babies. Visitors or no visitors, that's also a choice that you have to make. There's so many things to consider in the postpartum period. Today, I'm going to try and help you navigate that first hour and into the first few days of your baby's life. No matter what your preference, your golden hour can be done in a quiet, intimate room that is gentle and supportive of a calming birth and a calming entrance for your baby. For you as the birthing parent, the golden hour will feel like a big mix of emotions. You're probably going to feel like a superhero. You're going to feel so in love. It'll be a love that you've never felt before. You're going to have a sense of pride like, I did this. I made this tiny thing. You're probably going to have a sense of, wow, it's over. This is what I've been working towards this whole time. Your baby's been inside of you for a, a lot of months now. So you've been working towards this tiny human for a very long time to actually have them placed on your chest and in your arms so that you can kiss them and smell them. It's really fascinating. It will give you all of the feels. It also might feel a little blurry, so sometimes things happen so fast that you look back and you say, I'm not really sure what happened, or I remember it like this, but it seems a little hazy. Sometimes people have very different memories as well, depending on what role you played in the birth. This is all the more reason to take this first 60 minutes after you have your baby to do nothing but to let your medical team repair you Hold your baby, relish in the fact that you did it, and just soak up this magical moment. Your baby is so delicate, you'll never get this first hour back again. I promise it's worth the pause and worth just taking a minute to enjoy the moment. That first hour of life can be reserved as a gentle and tender time to help your baby transition to life. So think about this. As humans, as adult humans, we're able to take in this very fast-paced, intense situation like labor. Now, I want to talk about intensity for a second. I often talk about gentle births and calming environments where the energy is low but positive. So just because the room is gentle doesn't mean that it's not intense. It can be very intense, as birth normally is, but it can totally be gentle and calm and grounding in the same time. It can be done. 
I promise. I've seen it over and over again. So as adults, if we're able to take this in and cope with it, but it still feel very fast and blurry, and sometimes people describe the, the time right after their birth or the moment that they give birth as kind of abrupt. Imagine what it must feel like for your tiny baby coming from this warm, cozy, wet place, dark, to a place of bright shining lights, lots of hands, many voices. It's probably a lot colder than it is inside your body. There's tugging, there's rubbing, people are saying things. And then within the first hour, some babies will receive injections of things and erythromycin cream on their eyes and blood being drawn and all sorts of tests. If this isn't a necessary thing for their survival, i.e. an emergency, if it can wait for 60 minutes, for two hours, for even just a few hours, would you consider it? The few minutes immediately following the birth of your baby, you have a lot of decisions to make, such as delayed cord clamping and what you will do about immediate skin-to-skin -skin contact. Who will cut the cord and, again, newborn procedures? So this is definitely something that you want to consider when you're talking about your birth and thinking about how you want things to go. A lot of people just work up until the moment that their baby is born, not realizing that you have a lot of choices that follow your baby's birth. Another thing that's going to be happening in this first hour after your baby is born is that you're going to need some repairs or if you have repairs that need to be done, this is the time that those will happen. Um, your doctor or your midwife will put those in right after your placenta is delivered. So there's a lot of things that are happening in this first hour. You have a lot of decisions that are made. As far as skin-to-skin -skin contact, that's probably one of the biggest things that can happen in the golden hour. So skin-to-skin -skin contact can be really great for so many things. So your body will automatically adjust its temperature to help accommodate your baby's temperature. Whether your baby's temperature needs to go up or down, your body will do what it needs to to help your babies get there. Your body is also really great at keeping your baby calm. So again, this is kind of an abrupt thing for baby. They're going to be squeezed out of a tight hole and their environment's going to change almost to the exact opposite. And a lot of things are going to happen really faster than laying them on you. They can hear your heartbeat. They can hear your voice. They can smell you. They can taste you. Having you right there doing skin to skin is so, so beneficial. Your baby will also do something called the breast crawl. And this is where babies can actually crawl immediately following birth. It doesn't look like what we typically think of a crawl, but they will get themselves to the breast and latch by themselves. They might need a little support to get a proper deep latch. This is a learned skill. Breastfeeding is a learned skill. We often make it seem like a natural skill. It's a natural way to feed your baby. It is a learned skill. But if you leave your baby be and you just set them on your chest, chances are they will crawl to your breast. 
It might take them a little bit, and some babies take longer than others. Sometimes we see a delay in breastfeeding after babes have been born via a birth that required a epidural, and especially in moms that have had epidurals for extended periods of time. Sometimes it just makes everyone a little groggier and a little more tired, so things are a little delayed getting off to the right start. Doing skin to skin with your baby can also provide you with some pain relief. So this is something that happens because your hormones are going to be overflowing. Your brain is going to be flooded with love hormones and oxytocin and serotonin and adrenaline, all the feel-good hormones, and having your baby skin-to-skin only communicates to your body more, more, more. It just keeps them flooding so that you can keep that elevated feeling. You can keep all those feelings of feeling on top of the world like a superhuman, like you did this. I made it. This is awesome. You can hang on to that. Now, in the hospital setting, you probably won't be able to have visitors in the first hour because it's going to be such a hustle and bustle. Those first two hours after birth pass by so quickly in a birthing center and hospital setting. So generally, those two hours pass by way before you even think about having visitors or where there's even room to have an extra person. If someone wasn't in there for the birth, the chances of them getting in within the first hour or so are very slim. However, sometimes we find that even when families go to the postpartum room, they still prefer to have some family time, some peaceful, quiet time, some private time, some time to just soak in what just happened, this major radical shift in their life before they have visitors, before they invite in people to share this moment with them, they want to soak it up just their immediate family, just their little nuclear family. You can't feel bad for saying no to this. Matter of fact, you have a couple of scapegoats. So you could just forget to look at your phones and not, not pick up your phones until you're ready. You could ask a nurse to go out there and let them know that you've successfully transferred to a postpartum room and you're doing great, everything is great, and that they'll come get them. They'll come get your friends and family when you're ready for them or when they're allowed back. You could have your doula do the same thing. You could send a message out and say, unfortunately, the midwife and doctor says, I can't have visitors right now. All is well, no need to be concerned. We just can't have visitors until X, Y, and Z, or we won't have visitors until this time or this date. You have lots of people who are willing to be your scapegoat because we understand and we're totally on board with respecting this golden hour. You know, a lot of cultures do the postpartum time differently, but many cultures respect it in a much deeper way than we do here in America. It's often much longer and much more intense. 
So in India, they practice a postpartum confinement time, and it's 40 to 60 days where this birthing parent stays home, and they heal, and it's all about nourishment and there to avoid germs. People wait on them hand and foot. It's really a time for that parent to get back on their feet and also allow their body to heal. In Finland, baby boxes are sent out with parents to help parents have a safe postpartum, and it's also filled with things that are practical and a lot of new parents need. Here in America, New Jersey and Alabama have also done baby boxes that are similar to that. Roll Tide, Alabama. Another country that crushes postpartum care is the Netherlands. They actually get assigned a maternity nurse or a postpartum nanny for the mom. It's for the mom and the baby, but it's definitely geared to help the mom stay in bed, be pampered, be waited on, focus on letting her body heal and bonding with her baby and caring for her baby and learning about her new baby. In Korea, they practice and respect 100 days of birth. In Mexico, they have a La Quarantina. It's eight days of quarantine. China, it's a month long lying in. Luxury facilities are starting to pop up. Throughout all of these cultures, we're finding that moms are being pampered and they need this time of rest and relaxation so that they can reset after all of the hard work of growing and birthing a baby. Postpartum care and postpartum experiences are often something that drastically vary from person to person. I've heard the worst of stories and I've heard the best of stories. I've heard of awful, terrible care and I've heard of amazing godsend care. It truly does range. However, however you're treated in the postpartum period will definitely impact your entry into motherhood and parenthood, and I firmly believe that it will also impact the bond that you have initially with your baby. My goal is to create this place in our world where new moms and babies are so well taken care of and cared for that the rate of postpartum depression and anxiety, OCD, psychosis, all postpartum mood challenges are virtually unheard of. That's my goal. That's my dream. That is why I do what I do every single day. Happy Friday, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I hope that if you are having a baby in the near future or you are a future parent in the far off future, that you learned something and you walked away with something to think about. If you are a parent who has already had your baby, I'd love to know what your postpartum period was like. Please reach out to me and let me know. I always love to know what everybody's different experiences are because it helps me better prepare my clients and also serve you with great content from all different standpoints and points of view. Thank you so much for hanging out with me, you guys. Happy weekend. Go out into this weekend. Rest. Relax. Have a great time. Be safe and send love and compassion out into the world. As always, villagers, find your tribe and love them hard. Did you know that you can join our online tribes? Our private Facebook group can be found by searching the Tranquility Tribe podcast on Facebook. And our Instagram tribe is Tranquility by Hee Hee. 
If you have a story you want to share with us, please reach out to us at tranquilitybyheehee at gmail.com. Until next time, villagers.